Welcome back to the Medical Illustration Podcast. This is your host, Paul Kelly. In the time since I became interested in this field, went to graduate school and began working, I've come to learn about many amazing illustrators throughout the world. Reaching out and putting a spotlight on the work of medical illustrators from across the globe has always been something I wanted to do on this podcast. So it is with great joy I share this interview with Chilean medical illustrator Alfredo Torres Pará. He is also a dental surgeon and anatomy teacher. I became aware of Alfredo's work through his Instagram account, and I was impressed by his style and presentation. We started to chat, and I thought it would be great to bring him on and get his perspective on things. In this conversation, Alfredo talks about how he creates his illustrations using Procreate, the work he's done for KenHub, and what he's learned from his experiences of teaching human anatomy. Please enjoy this interview with Alfredo Torres Pará. Buenos dias. Como estas? I'm fine. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Nice hey, to meet you. How are you? Nice to meet you too. How's it going? It's summer there, right? Mm-hmm. It is, yeah. Yeah, today yeah. is a little rainy, but it's it's been pretty hot lately. How is it uh, down in oh, Chile? Yeah. It's, um, in fact, winter here. Uh I'm in my winter break uh, in the university and I'm working with KenHub right, right now. So um, I have been busy uh, catching up. Uh, we are bringing KenHub to Spanish. So this has been quite a journey. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I was looking into this KenHub. I signed up for like the free trial, you know, basic kind of plan to explore it. Uh, but it looks fantastic. Yeah. yeah, I'm not an illustrator there. Uh, I'm there for my anatomy knowledge. Uh, okay. I'm a professor here in Chile. Uh, so, so yeah, uh, they have amazing illustrators. So I don't think they require my talent very soon. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'm I'm translating right now actually. And okay making corrections and helping to bring KenHub to Spanish, uh, which uh, we already launched. Um, we launched uh, a couple weeks ago and it's been great. It's been growing organically. So we hope uh, this has tremendous success in the Spanish speaking community. So yeah, I'm, awesome. I'm very excited about that too. Okay, so this is and so KenHub is an online learning platform for anatomy and I think histology as well. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of medical content. So that's great, man. So uh, tell us a little bit more about the platform, like how it works and. Yeah, KenHub is a subscription mode platform. Uh, you have a lot of content. You can you can sign up for free and you get access to a lot of content including the Atlas, uh, which is drawn by many great uh, medical illustrators. We have Paul Kim. Yeah, I don't know if you... Oh, sure. Yeah, Paul Kim uh, is the winner of the Netter Award. Some some illustrator, illustration of him, in fact, got featured in in the Netter Atlas. So we have him, we have very many, many great illustrators and the illustrations are, are out of this world are very clear. We have a very own color palette. So all the illustrator illustrations look very much the same. They are very detailed. We have uh, anatomy and histology content also, and also cadaveric uh, content. Oh, okay. So yeah, uh, 
It's been great uh, to work with them. Uh, they have many, many articles, study units and videos and illustrations, uh, as I said, and many, most of that content is delivered for free. You can subscribe for uh, um, expanded content, which includes uh, quizzes and the ability to build your own quizzes, which uh, also are very intelligent. Uh, so they uh, detect your weak spots and ask you more questions about that. So that's great. Uh, oh, that's very cool. That's very cool. Yeah. It's very cool. It's amazing to work with them. Uh, they have everything uh, set up. It's been amazing to work with them and that workflow they have. Sometimes I, uh, well, I, I'm, I'm a newcomer, I'm a newbie there. I've been there for six months, but um, sometimes I go, uh, hey guys, uh, have you thought about that? Yeah, we have, we do it this way and it's automatized. So, mm -hmm. so every, most things uh, the system does uh, automatically. So it's very cool. It's very cool. Uh, the way they work and the site they have put together is amazing. So I truly recommend uh, anyone who's, works, who's hearing uh, to try can have, give it a spin uh, because uh, you won't be disappointed. Excellent. And that's a good recommendation coming from an anatomy teacher yourself, right? You, you teach anatomy. Yeah, yeah, I do. And it's been, uh, as I said, great to, to see uh, everything there. Uh, it's everything there is a lot uh, more dynamic than a textbook. For example, you, you can access to a lot of content and it's all verified by medical professionals. We have doctors, we have, we have a lot of medical doctors. We have uh, PhDs, we have dentists, we have PT uh, professionals. So yeah, that, that's verified and very reliable. Right on. So that's actually a great segue into asking you a little bit more about your background. You have some really impressive credentials, which includes <laughs> uh, being a dental surgeon, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a dentist. Dental surgeon, medical illustrator, and anatomy teacher. That's that's pretty awesome. Man. Wow. So yeah, <laughs> please you. please tell us a little bit more about how how you got all these credentials. Where what tell us a little bit maybe about your educational background. Okay, okay. Um, first of all, I'm from Chile. Chile is a country in South America. It's a very thin and long country uh, in the west coast of uh, south america and and a beautiful country as well I, i've actually been there yeah yeah you you mentioned you were you were here uh, i'm very glad to, to enjoy our country i love it i really love it we have a, a lot of climate uh, from north to south and uh, you can be in the morning in the north which is very dry and very hot and you can move quickly to the south and you can be having a, a rainy day uh, inside a cozy shack there. So yeah, it's very variable the um, the climate. And I live in the center of the country in Concepcion. Uh, there I went to um, dental school and I got my degree. I'm actually a dentist. I'm a self-taught uh, illustrator. I, this is very recent. Uh, I, be, I became an illustrator. Well, I don't know if I am an, an illustrator per se, uh, but uh, I started drawing in 2016. So this is very, uh, this is all very recent. 
And I am also halfway through my master's degree in anatomy. I became an, an anatomy teacher 2011, I think. I, I never liked a lot of uh, dental work. I'm, I was there for the anatomy, <laughs> mostly. <laughs> uh, but uh, I went to dental school, I got my degree, and then I drifted off quickly in favor of academia. So I'm, as I said, halfway through my master's in anatomy, uh, I couldn't finish it because of the pandemic. Mm. But uh, here we are. I'm working at two universities uh, at the time. In one, I do postgraduate courses in, in plantologists. We are doing a course there called um, Applied Anatomy to, to Implantology. And in the other university, I do uh, pre-grad courses to a lot of students, which include uh, medical students, dental students, PT students and, and so on. So yeah, um, that's pretty much about my education. As I said, I'm a self-taught medical illustrator. So yeah, I have to learn everything from scratch. Okay. Yeah, I was really interested in what the medical illustration community is like down in South America and specifically in Chile. Have you connected with any other illustrators down there? Um. I'm having uh, quite a hard time uh, finding fellow illustrators uh, down here. Instagram has been quite a platform. I love Instagram. Uh, mm -hmm. It has allowed me to, to connect with the community because uh, there is not a, a culture of medical illustration here in South America. You, mm -hmm. you have to make your own way. You don't have anywhere to study medical illustration. I know many scientific illustrators, including some very good ones from Chile, but I would say I don't know any medical illustrator from Chile other than me. So, oh, wow. yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that I know of. Um, I'm sure there are uh, some out there, but I haven't been able to communicate with them. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to to start a business in Chile with that condition. So yeah, Instagram has been my platform to connect and meet many illustrations, including you. Oh, excellent! Yeah, yeah. We said I think we did connect uh, originally through Instagram. There. Yeah, I love you. I love your account and your posts. You have some mix of. Thank you. Yeah, really excellent anatomical illustrations and some artistic style you know, uh, conception pieces as well, uh, which are nice. I noticed on one of the posts there, are you left-handed? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, saw, I saw a note, uh, a note written on one of the, one of the illustrations. That's really interesting because where I work, we've actually found that uh, left-handed surgeons have a distinct advantage because, really? they, yeah, because they can get into certain angles that are difficult for other surgeons. And it's also really great for filming because where I work, we do a lot of uh, filming surgery. Oh, cool. And so when they're working with their left hand, it's great because they leave extra space for us to get like a good view <laughs> of the camera. So. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, That's so yeah. cool. Yeah, that's great. Now, have you ever filmed any of the procedures you've done? My surgeries? Mm -hmm. the... There was a project uh, some time ago. I don't do many surgeries. 
I do mostly uh, right now um, or facial harmonization, you know, uh, all that. Yeah, tell us more about that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, orofacial harmonization uh, is a is a group uh, is a discipline right now in plastic surgery and dentistry that allows you to do minimal modifications to your face without having to undergo a surgical procedure. Oh, interesting. I I think in the United States they are called injectors. Many nurses can do these procedures. They in fact do. Uh, here in Chile, uh, we are authorized with mm, medical doctors to do it. So we inject uh, hyaluronic acid, uh, for example. You can uh, modify to a certain amount, for example, the shape of your nose or the shape of your lips or your cheeks or cheekbones or your shin, you know. All that has a technique and we as dental surgeons know the anatomy of the face enough to, to provide uh, this service. Included within the orofacial harmonization, you can do also uh, Botox injections, you know, Botox. Okay, that, yeah, uh, I'm sure. Some medication that allows you to uh, relax some of the facial muscles to reduce your wrinkles. Yeah, okay, uh, sure. you can reduce your facial expression so, so your face uh, doesn't look uh, as old. This has to be applied with a lot of care, so you can you can look nice and not excessively. <laughs> right. <laughs> we we call that an iron look. Yeah. Oh, stiff yeah. face. <laughs> yeah. That's what I do, uh, like uh, in the clinic. But I'm mostly dedicated to the the academia, as I said. Awesome. So in academia down in Chile, I would assume that. It's probably a, similar to other parts in the world where you have to publish quite a bit, right? Yeah, yeah, we have in Chile. Uh, we don't have uh, many cadaveric uh, resources. So oh, okay. uh, most of the time we're working with uh, anatomical models. So the publishing is not uh, as rich as you would want. Mm. Um, I would really very much like to publish a lot, uh, but... Um, there is not a lot of opportunities to do that because you don't you don't have the the cadaveric resources to do that. For example, in, if you want to publish some paper about the dorsal venous arch of the hand, you would need thirty hands to make a considerable amount of samples. But uh, we don't have thirty hands here to work on. Mm. Yeah, so many of our work deflects to Brazil. Where there is uh, what I what I like to call an academic culture, there uh, is much more open, and uh, they are much more open about uh, that that thing. Here in Chile, uh, we are uh, very restrictive of uh, the academic content, and you have to undergo through a series of tasks. The university has to have a certain infrastructure to have that cadaveric content and not uh, all universities comply. So uh, they they can't have that many cadavers and we don't have as much people that uh, are willing to donate their bodies to science. So we mostly don't have the chance to publish. Okay, okay. Well, all the more reason for good medical illustrations, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, content to study from. For other folks who might be interested in getting involved in medical illustration, you you mentioned yourself taught. So I'm curious to hear yeah. about how did you get started? How did how did you jump in there and, and start making work? I always liked uh, medical illustration. I used to uh, watch documentaries whenever I, I could. I read and reread uh, the narrator Atlas. And I became familiar with, with some of the shading styles they would use. I was very impressed about uh, how Carlos Machado, do you, do you know him? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, how, how he came to take the place of Dr. Netter in, in the Atlas. And I was fascinated about uh, how he became familiar with the Netter style and how he adapted it to his own hand. In 2016, as I said, I was approached by uh, my boss and at that time, a very good anatomist from Chile, who told me he saw some of the sketches I would draw on the board for my students. And he said, uh, Alfredo, uh, would you like to do a project uh, with the university? And I said, uh, oh, yeah, what's that about? And, and he said, we need to uh, mount a platform of digital content, anatomical content for the university. And I started drawing. I got an iPad. I had an iPad uh, at the time, uh, but I got an iPad Pro and an Apple Pencil and started working. Uh, my first sketches were very bad, but I, <laughs> I had the... <laughs> well, that's all of us, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was lucky enough to get good in a, in a good amount of time that got published and he uh, with uh, other colleagues started uh, slowly to ask me to draw things for them look alfredo i'm going to publish a piece about the median nerve can you do the illustrations here are the cadaveric photos i need you to uh, put this into an illustration that's easy to understand. I started there uh, slowly, mounted my own business in the space of four years uh, also, and this was very important for me. In 2016 or 17, I think, uh, we had an anatomical congress here in Concepcion, oh. and we had Tom Guest. Do you know Tom Guest? Uh, he's an editor of some of the Netter uh, atlases. Okay. We had him here to give a conference, and his conference, I remember this very vividly, was about anatomical dogma. Those things you believe only because they are in the books, and some of us uh, don't dare to question. So uh, he uh, showed us a couple of slides about the innovation of the lacrimal gland. He said, I was working uh, with Gabe Scott, which is another uh, great anatomist. And he said, the innervation of the lacrimal gland is not as usually seen in the books. And he showed us the drawings that were in, in that particular paper, and they were not so good. Mm. So I, I immediately grabbed my iPad and, and drew something and showed it to him. And he said, oh, yeah, that's very good. Can you send it to me? And I also would like to put you in contact with uh, Carlos Machado. Do you know him? Ah. <laughs> he said, and, and, and I was like, uh, what? <laughs> and, <laughs> and he gives me his email. Turns out uh, Carlos is a very nice person. And he gave me some advice. We, uh, until today, we, we chat occasionally through email. And he's kind enough to give me all his uh, advices about the pieces that I sent him. So 
Oh, that's, that's awesome. That was that was awesome. <laughs> that was, I can't lie. And that was also very motivating to me uh, to pursue um, the field. So, yeah, that's some of my story. From then on, I just started drawing and improving and trying to improve every day. So, yeah, that's that's awesome. That's wow. mostly my my story. <laughs> okay, so so you mentioned an iPad. Are you using Procreate? Yeah, I used a sketchbook until some extent, but uh, I quickly realized a sketchbook wasn't giving me the resolution I wanted. Mm. So uh, quickly moved to Procreate. I had uh, two weeks to get used to it, but right now I use only Procreate. And in very few occasions, I've used uh, Photoshop on the iPad, okay. uh, which is also very nice, but it's also uh, very expensive. To have a, a subscription model, so yeah, I I dropped it. So I use Procreate and gives me a, a very awesome resolution. You can export it, and the resolution is awesome. Uh, it's great. Uh, pixel pixel by pixel, you can you can improve and the drawing and as I said, uh, has a very nice resolution, professional resolution. I use oh, Procreate uh, all the time. That's excellent. Now, have you ever used a tablet with a computer, like a desktop computer? Yeah, I did uh, for a while, but I quickly realized that I didn't like to be seated when mm. I drew. Uh, I, oh, okay. Uh, I would take the couch. I would say I would sit on the porch. I would sit on the backyard. I've always liked to be outside when I draw, be relaxed. And this right here, this desk, is something I associate with work. So right. <laughs> <laughs> illustration is, is not a job for me. I think I work better. I make better content uh, by not being here. I think mm. this is for work only. And illustration, luckily for me, is um, I, I don't consider it a job. I, I feel uh, it very relaxing to me. So yeah, I take it outside and... That's what brings me uh, having an iPad and, and the Apple Pencil. Sometimes I, I drew on the screen, but uh, as I said, quickly realized uh, that wasn't my, my sweet spot. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> what about uh, like pencil and pen, you know, or like traditional uh, media? <laughs> Some people uh, hate me because I said this, but I really don't like analog uh, media. For oh, okay. anything, <laughs> I like digital books. I like uh, electronic uh, books. I like digital illustration. I do. I, I sometimes do it. In fact, I have to when I draw for my students in the, the university. But that's not my my cup of tea. Mm. I'm mostly fond of uh, electronic media. I tried to to I, I got a couple of uh, watercolors some time ago and, and a drawing pad, but I, I couldn't manage to get the setting for me to start and the water and, and no no that's not my <laughs> not your style right <laughs> not my style. Also, digital media allows you to reuse some of the illustrations, mm -hmm. uh, mostly like you can see in the Thema books. Have you saw those things? Oh, yeah. I love the whole series of German medical yeah. atlases, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they use coal as the base, uh, for example, mm -hmm. and they 
can have many layers over there. That uh, makes me time efficient also. If I do those things analogly in paper with pen and paper and paint, uh, I would have to draw uh, many, many scores. So that's not time efficient. <laughs> I don't like yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Paper repetitive pens. too, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, repetitive. And I don't, I don't like it. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. Efficiency is always the name of the game, right? Especially when you want to, yeah. you know, get get through to telling more of a story or expanding on the content of what you can communicate. So, yeah. 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 So what, what are some of the differences you've made? You, I mean, you've kind of discussed experimenting with different things and, and finding what works best for you as you're working a lot in the digital with procreate, what are some of the other changes you've made that uh, have allowed you to maybe work faster or more efficiently? What are some of the, the adjustments you've made to your process over the years? I think uh, what has evolved in me is my technique. I don't think I became faster with the years. I became more um, diligent with my work. I've learned to have patience. If something doesn't come out uh, as good as you want it at the first time, there will be a second time. I'm fortunate enough to not have a very tight schedule when I when it comes to illustrations, I usually work very few pieces at a time. With that setting, I can take I can take the time to finish a piece. So I'm very diligent, very patient to finish any piece. So I think that's my secret to the whole illustration thing. You don't I don't think you need to work in a hurry. I want, well I think. Uh, you can do that in any discipline, but in medical illustration, especially this is necessary. You don't have to, you don't need to work in a hurry. You don't have to work in a hurry. You have to be patient. And if it doesn't come out at the first time, like you want it, you can have a second chance. And that's what some of the benefits of the digital media you can have a layer, and if you don't like that layer, you go back and start again. But I, as I said, I, I don't think my workflow has in, improved a lot because um, I'm, I'm very slow. I'm very patient with my work. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that that will often lead to higher quality work too, right? When you're more patient and careful and precise. So how yeah. do you decide? How do you decide when when you're done? How do you know when the when the piece is done? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I I just uh, when I work for a client, I I just show uh, what I think at some point is the final piece, and they say uh, it's perfect. But I would like to. To add some details, uh, they say, okay, it's fine. Some other times they say, no, it's fine. I want it that way. And I want, uh, I don't want anything modified. So yeah, mostly it's the client that decides for me <laughs> when, when that piece is ready. But if it uh, were for me, I would work indefinitely. With a piece. Uh, <laughs> there's something, there's always uh, something you can improve. If you mm -hmm. keep looking at one piece, you will modify it always. I I don't think I I've ever made uh, a drawing that uh, I think it's ready. Yeah, yeah, that's the struggle of, <laughs> of an artist, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So when you're working with clients, have you ever had any instances where things didn't work out well? Or did you have any situations that were maybe tense? And did you find a way to kind of get through that? Uh, yeah, mostly um, take your time and also to know what the, that your work is valuable. You have to know um, that that is your work. You invested time, you invested effort in it. And as such, you have to, you, you don't have to work for free. I think this is a very bad costume. You, you don't should uh, any, any, any time work for free. I, a colleague of mine has uh, this saying, he says, uh, you have my friendship for free. <laughs> you, my work, you will have to pay for. Because um, I think it's work. Uh, as much as uh, some people will say, hey, can you do me a little bone to, to put in my, in my work? Uh, that's, that's not like uh, things are. And especially, uh, I feel, in South America, there is, uh, as, I, as I said, no, uh, not a culture of medical illustration. I have to struggle very hard to become someone who you know you have to pay to make an illustration because many people think that uh, this is for free or they can just grab an, an image from Netter and put it in their paper. That's not uh, like, like it is. Yeah. <laughs> the paper will get rejected uh, mm -hmm. if you don't have the license. And uh, this, this is something uh, many people don't understand at the time. And I couldn't um, mount a, a bigger business here because I see you guys, I see Annie Campbell and many of the big uh, studios there, uh, they're thriving, they, they are great. And that's not something uh, we can do here. Uh, many times, uh, the bigger struggle I've had with uh, clients is, uh, no, that's very expensive for me. Uh, I don't want it. Uh, Sometimes they say uh, this uh, halfway through the finished piece. So mm. that's a lot of effort that you uh, invested in it. And many times I finish uh, publishing on Instagram and saying the client didn't like it. Oh. <laughs> but I did. <laughs> <laughs> so but it's still your work yeah. though, right? I mean, you know, yeah, so you, yeah. can, you can do it with is. it what you want. It is, but um, that's something uh, the medical community here has beginning to understand. Uh, they know right now that there is a price to to the the illustrative work, and uh, that is hard. It is not simple to to make a piece that will lead through the criticism of all all your readers of the all of journal readers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah, that's. That's my, my main struggle. It has happened a couple of times, but mostly they know. Mostly when they come uh, to me, they know this, this is not cheap, that this is, uh, involves time and effort. And, and yeah, I mostly have uh, had a good experience working with clients. Oh, that's great. That's good to hear. Yeah, it's, it's all about finding yeah. the right people to work with, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, it is, of course. And, and you can tell when, when you had, a, a had your way through some number of clients, you can tell when someone is going to be uh, stay with you or prefer to make their own sketches for their paper. So, yeah. 
yeah, that's a good, good message. I think that, you know, with experience, you kind of start to get a feel for people. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the really overwhelmingly positive experiences you've had from, from the work you've been doing? How has this changed your life for the better? I think most of the good feedback uh, that I have is been, well, most of the feedback I have is great. And this can be very uplifting from the community. Uh, I never thought I would uh, know you, uh, Annie, uh, a lot of the medical illustrations in the, in the, in the community. I, I never um, knew I would have the chance to meet them. Uh, I never knew, uh, knew my work had such uh, good. I, I never knew that uh, you guys uh, thought that well of my work. Uh, my students also uh, tend to be very appreciative of my work. And that's something that, that fills your heart, you know, meeting other artists, other people that are struggling through the same or, or uh, have, have gone through the same roads as you have been sometime and knowing that they also love your work and bringing positive feedback, that's, that has been great. Uh, meeting the community, as I said, uh, here in South America, there is not a strong community of artists, medical artists, and meeting you uh, has been very, very nice. Oh, so, thank, yeah. you. I, thank you. Yeah. That's great to hear, man. Wow. Yeah. It, well, it's, it's been so cool connecting with you as well. Your knowledge is really unique and, you know, it's, it's not just thank in you. the medical illustration, but also in the way that, you know, you're applying this to, to teaching. I'd love to hear some of your ideas about, you know, teaching students, especially anatomy. It's a really challenging topic, I think, for a lot of people. What have you learned about helping people to learn anatomy? Um, there is um, more than a way to learn. Uh, that, that's something I've learned. You have to know what buttons to push in, any, in, in every student. That's uh, most of the time. This is very hard to, to know. Uh, sometimes I struggle and I get very frustrated when some student can't catch my drift or can understand what I'm saying. And I try to put it another way and I uh, end up making crazy associations like, you know, uh, your joints, your flat joints are like these two things and they do like this. Or do you know the your door, your door opens here like this and this is how the, I don't know, the rotations movements are. And it's crazy how someone can learn so differently from another. Sometimes mm -hmm. I, I end up uh, making funny objects with my things I have at home. I would grab a, a box of matches and, and putting two together and saying, yeah, this is how your uh, nose cavity is and <laughs> um, <laughs> things like that. I, I also got a 3D printer. I learned to oh, model. Oh, yeah. And... <laughs> And I, yeah, with the pandemic, this teaching thing got very hard uh, because you can say uh, this is like this or like that. You can give a, a student a model or, or nothing like that. So I ended up uh, making uh, Edmoy models, Spenoid models, 
to for the students to see to through the screen. This quite a journey to to make someone to learn and to understand the things the way you want them to understand. Uh, sometimes I don't I don't need the student to learn a, a phrase uh, by heart. I need it. Uh, I need them to understand what they're saying, especially in anatomy, and especially if you want to escalate over that uh, knowledge. And that's very hard. And I have to put a lot of effort in that. Let me show you something. Oh, yeah, please. So this is one. <laughs> this won't be seen on the, on oh, the okay. podcast. But yeah, it looks like it's this is uh, an ethmoid. ethmoid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I made, oh, I, put it, uh, I put magnets on it so they can see the, the concha. Oh, and that's then awesome. I, I made a little window there so they can watch uh, middle matters. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is very cool. This is a, so this is a little 3D printed bone with uh, magnets yeah. that allow you to pull it apart and then you can see inside. Yeah. That's really cool, man. Wow. Yeah. Teaching is hard, but uh, it's also very rewarding. When you see your students uh, approve, when your students get good grades, then... You say, hey, did I, I did a good job, but uh, it's hard and it's also very demanding. Oh, yeah, I, I would imagine. So definitely. So, okay. So exploring into some 3D printing. Very cool. Yeah. Are there other, have you done anything maybe with VR? Uh, have you seen any other technologies that you're excited about maybe using in the classroom? Yeah, uh, VR, I'm very excited about, but I don't see uh, many progress in the wearable uh, aspect. Because you always have to have uh, your tablet or your phone up, up there so you can watch what I am showing. Right. Uh, I think uh, this will be, this will explode once the technology progresses and everyone in the classroom can have their own glasses. Mm -hmm. That would be so cool. Right now, I think I see uh, a little clumsy to have every student. Uh, to have their own tablet uh, up there. Uh, why don't you just show them the model? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think VR will be will explode uh, in the future years, but I, I don't see it as uh, many as very useful right now in the classroom. How, bi how big are the class sizes that you teach? Mm, uh, let me see. In the... Theoretical classes, uh, you can have uh, as many as 60 students in one classroom, mm -hmm. uh, sometimes 80, depending on oh, wow. the course. Yeah. So pretty big classes. Yeah. Yeah. They're very big. Uh, they're uh, sometimes, most of the time, they are mixed classes. So you have some dental students, you have some PT students. Uh, they all take a common uh, anatomist in the beginning of their education and then they branch to the to the specific uh, anatomies for them gotcha okay yeah uh, in laboratory we have sometimes 25 that would be the the upper limit for the lab the lab is more personalized so we have smaller groups right on right on so as you've been working with all these folks who are starting their education and, you know, moving into their, uh, their careers, what are maybe some of the qualities 
or personality traits that you've noticed sort of tend to indicate where someone's going to be successful? You know, what, what are some things that you think people should try to maybe cultivate uh, to be more successful? I think uh, you always need to have a will to learn everything. You don't have to question, okay, but uh, how good will this be to my private practice? Or do I need it for my private? You will need it. If we are teaching it, you will need it. Sometime in, in your work, you will need it. You have to be humble. You have to be humble. And sometimes your ego doesn't allow you to, to progress because it uh, doesn't allow you to to take the knowledge from someone else. I think uh, humility is a very powerful trait. If you go there and say, hey, yeah, I'm the master of anatomy. Uh, no, that, that's, not, uh, that's not good. You can always learn from your students, from your fellow educators, from your fellow illustrators. You can always learn and you have to learn to accept criticism with humility. I think uh, that's the greatest personality trait that you will always uh, need. I agree. You have to be humble. I agree. Definitely. When, when I see a student that smiles to me, that uh, accepts criticism, that uh, sometimes accepts a good joke about uh, anything, I, I see uh, that that is one student that will be that will have a, a great future because you know that's why he treats people and when i teach uh, when you teach anatomy you teach to people that will treat people that will work mm -hmm. with people mm -hmm. when you have uh, something someone diligent someone uh, humble you know uh, they will be humble and diligent with people so yeah that's the greatest, uh, I, I think, trait that I would uh, want in a student. Someone that uh, is not afraid of uh, asking. Someone that, that can, can is not afraid of uh, saying, uh, you know, that I don't know that. Uh, let's, let's research it. Let's look it up in nature. You don't, you don't have to know any, everything. You, you have to be open to learn at every stage of your life. I think that's the greatest advice I can give right now. Right on. I like it. That sounds great. So what's uh, coming up in the near future for you? What, what are you working on? Like what projects are coming up in the next couple months? Medical illustration wise, I'm working on a piece that shows the intricate um, vascular supply of the maxillary sinus. Oh, wow. I hope, uh, I hope that you can see it soon, but that's been very hard. I, I have to research a lot. I have a friend uh, who, whose thesis was about that, so um, he will provide me with uh, his, his results. And I hope I, I can, we can publish that very soon also. I continue to work on the university. Uh, we next week start the semester, uh, the second semester that here is shorter because uh, we have a lot of uh, festivities and holidays. So that's uh, another thing. I, I have a very hard semester because I recently had a baby. So oh, congratulations. I have to balance between uh, the baby, the university. Can have that uh, is coming very, um, uh, it's becoming a, a very important part of my life also. I wake up very, very early to work with them. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's, 
what's coming. Medical illustration wise, I don't have uh, any any commissions right now. So, but I'm working on that piece that I think uh, will be very important for me uh, personally because it's very detailed, and I hope uh, you guys can see it soon. Awesome! I can't wait to check it out. Can't wait to see it, man. All right. Well, yeah. Uh, one last question: Do you have a uh, a fun fact about science or anatomy or anything that something that you really enjoy like it made you really happy to find out like this little discovery this little fun fact okay let me see <laughs> that's a hard one <laughs> not not anatomy but uh, something i recently discovered uh, about science uh, did you know that 50 percent of two is the same as the two percent of 50 <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 2% of 50 may seem hard, but if you invert uh, them, uh, the 50% of two is one. So uh, mm. that's the same result. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Well, yeah, man, we just we just did an hour. That was a whole hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's awesome. It flied by. Yeah. yeah. Time's flying. Oh man. Well, thank you so much for your time. I mean, uh, I think I th that, that was, that was fantastic, man. I think this is a great. Oh, interview. Thank you, Paul. All right. Well, man, dude, so nice to meet you and uh, get to talk with you. This you is, too. This you too. Great. Yeah. It's been great. And a big thank you to you as well for listening. So we're coming up on about a year now that I've started doing this podcast and I want to take this opportunity to share a few reflections on the experience. I have to say, I didn't really know what I was getting into at first, but the response has been overwhelmingly positive. So a big thanks to all of you who have reached out and given support. Anyone who likes what I've been doing and would like to hear more episodes, please, if I may humbly request, please share the podcast on whichever social media you use the most. But more than that, please reach out. Leave a comment on one of the episodes on whichever platform you listen to it on and share your thoughts. Let me know what I can do to improve this content and let me know what directions you'd like me to take it in the future. I've already got some more episodes coming. There's lots more folks I want to get in touch with. And to be honest, I feel like I haven't even scratched the surface yet of the amazing people in this field. I'd also really like to try and get back to the monthly release schedule I originally set out to do. This became a big challenge for me during the summer when unfortunately I broke my release streak partially from being so busy with my day job, my daily art posts, and some conference presentations, but I mean, that's really still no excuse. I could have pushed out some other quick episodes, and so I think that's what I'm going to do more of in the future. Um, you know, just some short 10-15 minute episodes of me just talking about a topic. You know, I noticed there's some different approaches out there, and personally, I like the long form uh, interview style because when I listen to podcasts, it's either when I'm commuting or getting deep into some 3D modeling or video editing. So I like content that fills the time, but I also see the value in shorter snippets. So I'm going to try to do a bit more of those. Overall, though, this has been a really productive year for me, and I look forward to continuing this momentum for as long as I can. So again, I'd like to express my gratitude to all of you out there who've graciously given me the gift of your time and attention which these days is becoming more and more valuable. So again, I thank you all. Stay safe out there, my friends. Take good care of your physical, mental, and emotional health. 
and keep doing whatever side hustle or side projects that you've got going on. Have a wonderful holiday season, and may we all have a happy new year.